Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read every chapter on the Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. My name is Jeremy, I'm your host. And I'm Kevin, also your host. We read Flame of Rekka, volume 10 this week, as we have nearly been reading that for an entire year. Yep. Before that, though, we had kind of a big issue of Shonen Jump. They had a lot of one-shots of the series that ended this year. Yes. Which is interesting timing. I wonder if it's a big issue in Japan right now, or if there was just a weird confluence of things, or if these got published in America all at once, but they've been trickled out. Yeah, but it still ended up being 20 chapters that were ranking. Like, like it's because One Piece is on break, and Hell's Paradise is on break this week. Yeah. So we lost two chapters, but gained two one-shots. Although, Hell's Paradise is not normally in jump. It's not so normally in jump. They so gained a chapter. Yes, they did gain a chapter, but for us... Yeah. It worked out. So first off, we have Demon Slayer special one-shot. What did you think of this, Kevin? Fine. It's some background stuff on the Flame Hashira, which I don't think you know anything about. Nope. Yep. I was like, hey, is this the Flame Hashira or his kid? I'm not sure. Yeah. So, cool. Kind of nice background and story stuff on him a little bit. Unfortunately, I feel like it is completely overshadowed by the other one shot this week. Do you really? Because I thought this one was the better of the two. Really? Honestly. I didn't think either one was super great, to be honest with you. They both seem very weird to be putting here. Because mm-hmm. they're both back uh, stuff on characters from series that have already ended. Yep. And so the insights you can gain from them are not huge. But I thought the themes explored here were more interesting with the idea of his dad not wanting him to be Flame Hashira. And saying he wasn't good enough. And him wondering if that was true or if his dad just didn't want him to be Flame following Hashira. his yep. full footsteps. And the idea of, you know, is talent more important than effort you put in? And then I thought the fight at the end had a somewhat clever solution. Yeah. Whereas the other one, if we just want to run right into it. That's fine. The Promised Neverland side story, the first shot, which is about Ray when he was a kid, Mm -hmm. very young, and his sort of decision to try to save Norman and Emma. Yeah, well, it's because this is basically right after he's learned that the kids are dying. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're a farm as opposed to a family. Yeah. And I still, I really liked it. Like, I liked seeing that. It's kind of that, yes, I knew he, like, went through this, but not, like, this specifically. So it's nice seeing what he went through and a lot of the stuff that he did during that time where it was like, I'm, how, how am I the only person who's seen this? Yeah. Or as I found it, not pointless i don't want to say that but i didn't think it had a like it wasn't a story into itself i don't think i don't think it was no. a very effective one shot and since we said this series is over ray's arc is over this will be something interesting they could put in the anime at some point mm-hmm. and that will i think add context there and be very valuable mm-hmm. but it's a weird thing to insert to the story after the fact especially yeah. since this is all stuff we kind of knew like yeah Obviously, this is all brand new content, but none of this felt new or revelatory to me. That's fair. This is all stuff we know about Ray already. Yeah. Like I said, I really liked it, though. So, I mean, it was nice to have Demon Slayer and Promised Neverland back for a week. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on either of those one-shots, Kevin? Like I said with Demon Slayer, I personally felt like it was just kind of like, yeah, it was a nice story, but why? 
And yeah. I guess the the Promise Neverland just resonated with me better because it's basically the same thing of like, hey, would you like a cool flashback? I, you've been over for a while now. No. Yeah, like and like I said, I just felt Demon Slayer was a complete story mm-hmm. in a way that this is just sort of a weird prelude. Yeah, and I guess the the Demon Slayer one makes a bit more sense because the movies coming out soon that is going to involve the Flame Hashra because he's like not the main character of that arc, but he's the Hashra of that arc. Mm-hmm. So he's got a huge role in that. So I guess that kind of makes sense from that perspective of the manga artist put out, hey, here's this cool Flame Hashra story to kind of like hype you up for the movie. The movie. To promote it. Yeah. All right, then. That will bring us to My Hero Academia number 286, The Ones Within Us. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I really liked this chapter. I really liked Deku losing it over Bakugo getting stabbed and his flashback to Black Whip talking about, or the, I don't know if that's his name, but the guy who has the Black Whip powers being like, it's fueled by anger, but the goal is to channel it correctly. Like, you need to be angry, but you can't just go into incandescent rage and attack everything kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Seemed pretty cool. And, like, him using it to just literally smash through all for one was pretty great. I didn't think this chapter was as good as some of the more recent ones have been. That said, the art in this chapter was absolutely on fire. Mm -hmm. That panel in particular where all for one is trying to control Tomura and Tomura is trying to, like, suppress him. And it is, like visually represented by Tomura having a scalpel slice through his head and one for all is inside. Yep. Like that's some HR Geiger stuff and it's incredible. Yeah. Some of Deku's rage face as he goes Super Saiyan 2 yes. here is also very, very good. And the ending left me a little cold, but the art in the sort of inner quirk world, I have no idea what we would even call that at this point. Yeah, We've I actually, I really liked it. I, um, I thought the art was super good and I like the, idea of them be like hey Deku you can't move here so let us take care of this I like the idea that this that all for one or that one for all has almost like a defense against all for one in this weird way yeah well and I also like it wasn't just hey Deku you can't move here it's you don't know how to move here yet like you know you're not ready for this step but we're here to help you out and I really like that moment and like before he's drawn with his mouth kind of blacked out yeah in this weird way like I said I didn't Love the direction of this story. I think mostly because we have that weird pause in the middle to go to the Giganta Machia story. Yeah. It, it's not even just that I don't care about that story, but there's no development in that story either. True. It's just, this is still happening. Anyway. Yep. And in a f- chapter that otherwise is mostly fight, it felt very fast. But like I said, the art, I think, th- not save this chapter, because it's not like it would have been a terrible chapter without mm-hmm. the art. But it really put this one on another level to me. Yeah, I I really like this one. Anything else you want to say about My Hero? Nope. All right, then. Next, we have Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter 33, Mash Burn Dead and the Knee Strike. Mashal chapter names are kind of great because of their Harry Potter parody structure. This, I believe, is the first chapter of Mashal we're talking about extensively since Chapter 3, 30 chapters ago. Yes. So what did you think of this one, Kevin? I really liked this chapter as well. The... My favorite bit is definitely the joke in the middle where the guy's explaining his evil plan to Mash was like, well, you uh, think yourself pretty deep there, huh? Yeah, I think this is a great chapter for us to kind of come in on Mashal. I mm-hmm. mean, we've been reading it for a while and it's been sort of rising, but it is one that I find if you've 
paid attention to my rankings, it, it can fall and rise very much. And this yeah. might be my favorite chapter of Mashal so far. Mm-hmm. From the name to that bit you were talking about, I love the gimmick with the coin where he like boomerangs it. He throws it so hard and cuts a bunch of strings. Yeah. Well, and I I also like the joke of like, oh, it came back. I guess the coin just likes me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like at the very beginning, the reaction to the cliffhanger of the last one is the villain goes, well, I'm impressed, and that's yep. all I have to say. <laughs> yes. And I really like the end where he's got Mashal on the puppet strings, but Mashal is so strong that he just starts breaking his fingers by ch- pulling on them. Yeah. And he knee strikes him at the end, just yeah. like the title told you. Well, and it, it that was a really good final panel, and I definitely love that final sequence of like, you know, I have you in my strings, there's nothing you can do, and Mashal's like, screw that. And I do love the picture of just his fingers starting to break as Mashal's fighting back. Like, um, sure, you've got me on puppet strings, but that means I just have a direct link to you kind of thing. Yeah, I thought it was a very good chapter. Continues to be very funny. And I think the best showing action Mashal has shown us so far. Yeah. With three separate very good bits. Anything else you want to say on it? I also like that they still have reaction shots of the girl being yeah. like, oh, no, Mashal's screwed now. And then he ends up just being totally fine. Like, I I loved some of those. It's very well done. Next, we have Chainsaw Man Chapter 87, Chainsaw Man versus the Horrifying Weapon Humans. What did you think of this chapter of Chainsaw Man, Kevin? I feel like this was a huge letdown. Yeah, I, I was going to say Chainsaw Man, similar to Mashal, another series that has very high highs and high and low lows, probably even more so than Mashal. Yeah. I like the idea a lot of like these that Chainsaw Man destroyed the word for what these things are. Yep. But they're still around. But other than that, it's kind of nothing. Well, and he immediately beats them all, and it's like, oh no, I lost. Like, don't set up this cool mystery of, like, these things were literally so powerful, or for some weird reason, resisted the fact that you managed to kill them, or you, like, you ate their name, but they still exist, and these are the only ones that are left, and then he just beat them all, and she's like, oh no. They are all kind of things he's fought before, so I get it. The pacing of Chainsaw Man is so weird. Yes. We've talked about that a lot. It feels like he's been in this weird, like, fugue state for eternity. Mm-hmm. And also, like, every bit that happens with it is way too fast. Yeah. It's super odd. But I would agree with you. I like the ideas presented, which is usually the strong point of Chainsaw Man. But... Yeah, but then, for me, it was, that that's a cool idea. So, we had the explosion lady, we had the katana guy, the gun guy. So, like, we've seen these, whatever the hell, since they don't have names, these half-fiend weapon human things before as well as the crossbow chick like we saw makima got her over to her side and i was like we've seen all these before oh cool he's gonna fight them again and then he just immediately beats them all i was like well like why would you give me this you know here's this uh cool thing now let me throw it in the trash why just to play devil's advocate though has there ever been a satisfying fight in chainsaw man no but i meant that it's not the fact that it's not the fight in which they got beaten. It's the fact that they died. And that's another thing where the fight is just kind of like, look at all of these like gore black lines on the page and try, I guess he murdered them. Maybe. Yeah. yeah see, I read that as ambiguous. So I wasn't like, now they're all dead and it's pointless, but I read that as now it's all dead. Now they're all dead and it's pointless mainly because that's just how the art tends to read to me. It's like, yeah, oh, there's a ton of gore. That means he murdered them. <laughs> Fair. Very fair. Anything else you wanted to say on Chainsaw Man? Nah. All right, now we go to the opposite side of everything, 
to talk about We Never Learn Question 186, Tomorrow Night's Pixie Part 8. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? This was really good. Yeah. It's basically just a bunch of cute flashbacks with Konami, Konami yep. narrating over them to her dad. Yep. I mean, it's exactly what you expect, pretty much. Yeah, but it was still really great. Like, I really loved the moment where Konami finally confesses. She's like, you know, we've been faking the relationship. He's like, yeah, I've, I've known. But like I told you earlier, I'm here to see my daughter and her boyfriend. Yeah. And there's the bits where she's like, yeah, when he invited me, I was just really happy and I wanted to go with him. But then dumb conflict happened. Yeah. I didn't. And after he wakes up, he's like, hey, will you actually be my girlfriend? Yep. And she, of course, is like, no, I need to be asking that to you, stupid. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. I don't know that I have more to say, unfortunately, just because it's very strong, very cute, but oddly not a lot of new content. True. Anything else you want to throw on there? It's kind of hard. Like, we, the good We Never Learn chapters are rather hard to talk about because it's like, just read it. I... I, I can't explain it. I By explaining it, I will ruin it. Yeah. That will bring us to Dr. Stone's E equals 168, Corn City, population 1 million. Speaking of seeming to like go through things very quickly and try to move on. Yes. This just felt very odd pacing-wise to me. I get what they're going for, and the idea that they're going to kidnap Dr. Zeno and leave is interesting. Yes, I do like I, that. I'm not sure where they're going, but that's for future stories to tell us, I suppose. Well, yeah, because we knew he had plans to make multiple cities. Yeah, well, he needs everything to make a spaceship. Yeah. And he just tells them, like, he's like, hey, was there anyone reasonable in there? And they're like, yeah, there was this one guy. Yep. And they're like, hey, here's the formula to revive people. You have a bunch of corn. You can just do it. You should do that. We're taking Dr. Zeno by. Yeah, I, like, I did like that, where he was like, Stanley will never, you know, Stanley will never stop hunting you. That's fine. <laughs> Or it was, uh, Stanley will hunt you to the ends of the earth, and Zenko basically be like, that's cool, I'm leaving the planet at some point. <laughs> well, he's basically like, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yep. I um, just like the implication of like, he'll hunt you to the ends of the earth, then I will leave the earth, because I'm trying to build a spaceship. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. It seemed just like a real quick, like, hey, let's get all the important characters and leave sort of moment. Yeah. But I also kind of liked that where, you know, it was like, ha, we've captured your base. Cool. We're taking your boat. Bye. Yeah. Thanks I mean, for the much nicer one. Yeah. Like I said, it just seems like a weird. I did not get the feeling that Senku's objective was like smash and grab in this way. I, it wasn't. But at the same time, I like that it, he kind of just like realized that's what I needed to do. Like, yeah, we went to go capture Zeno, but he also captured the ship at the same time. So this suddenly turned into a smash and grab. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? No. That brings us to Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin Depth 13, A Day in Island Life. And I find these sort of buffer comedy Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin chapters really, really underwhelming. Yeah. What did you think of it? I think the one redeeming bit was Chaco, especially when she's playing with the dog and she's like, Shark, I just had my pants stolen right now. And that's how they find that the dog has been stealing the clothes. Yeah, that's good. And like the Yahoo Answers joke is yes. actually pretty good and sadly accurate about Yahoo Answers. Yes, or most of the internet in general. Yes. Yahoo Answers is extra bad, though. Yes. But most of the jokes don't really land, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. 
nothing super interesting. And I hope we get into something that's more arkish next week. Because the series does humor really well mm-hmm. when it's mixed in with other stuff. Kind of like Mashal, I suppose. But even Mashal, when it does just a comedy chapter, did it much better. For the longest time, I said Mashal needed to stick to comedy before it started to really get its shonen legs under it. Yeah. Like I said, the redeeming thing for me in this chapter was Chaco. So that actually made me laugh quite a lot. Last but not least, we have Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 15, Exorcist the Ninja Tool Shop. What did you think of this episode, uh, this chapter, Kevin? This is a new, interesting character. I like the twist at the end. I It's probably pretty easy to tell what she's actually talking about, but I just love the the cliffhanger there. Seems you're getting jealous. Yes, it was very good. I also like the bit at the beginning where he's like, you know, special ninja clothes, activate. Oh no, my ninja clothes are broken. And so it's like he's just missing tons of stuff. So like... Like you said, sometimes the uh, sexy shot seemed forced. That was a, at least like somewhat plausible. Like, oh no, I'm in this compromising position because I'm supposed to have clothes on. You know, I activated my hollow clothes and they didn't work. Yeah, especially because that shot seemed extra porny to me, but I agree with you. It fit in the context of everything that was going on. Yeah. I also really like the design on this new character. I love her roller skates and I hope they're a permanent part of her design and not just for this one scene. Yeah, no, that, that'd be pretty great. I like roller skate characters. Anything else that stuck out to you? Again, it's just the start of probably a two-part arc. Um, probably. I like the idea that Suzu is trying to trade now, and Shirogane continues to be kind of mysterious about what he wants. Yep. I like the direction Ayakashi Triangle's going. Yeah, it was good. All right. That will bring us to Jump Card. Jump Cart is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump this week, not just the stuff we talk about every week. 20 chapters, like Kevin said up top. So what do you have at number 20, Kevin? High School Family. Same. Who cares? Doesn't chant. Yep. What do you have at number 19? A Gravity Boys. See, I actually have Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin. Really? Okay. 19. I was super disappointed in it. The Chaco stuff was good, but it didn't make me laugh as hard as any of the other comedy chapters, actually. That's fair. Even, and I also expect more of it, so. Okay. I was just super disappointed with it. Whereas uh, Gravity Boys wasn't great, but it had some chuckles. What do you have at uh, 18? Michael John. Okay, I also had that one a bit higher. I have me and Roboco at 18. Okay. I'm trying to remember what happens in Magu-chan now. I know it's, oh, it's just Pokemon shenanigans. Basically, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I just really like the new God of Evil character who's like a weeb. I, uh, that makes sense. Those jokes pretty land for me. I was just like, oh, high school. Yes, the setting of many of my animes. I should investigate it. Uh, yeah, it just not didn't land as well for me. Yeah, it was me and Robocow, I thought, had some interesting stuff, but not a lot of jokes super landed. It is doing this weird thing where it's exploring i think all of those minor characters mm-hmm. which i guess makes sense for this point in the series but yeah it uh, seems like it's 
tired of its premise in a weird way. Yeah. So I had it at number 17 because Roboco and Bondo basically weren't in the manga. And so it's like, oh, yeah, here's this super genius son whose parent is being extremely overbearing. Like, you know, you need to uphold my legacy. And he's like, I just want to hang out with my friends. I have a Gravity Boys at 17. Okay. I think just some of the weird culture. Like, I like this weird new direction way more than any other weird new direction a Gravity Boys just decided to take for a couple weeks. Gotcha. What do you have at 16? I have our Blood Oath at 16. Okay. I have Phantom Seer at 16. Okay. The Phantom Seer had some interesting ideas this week, but... Like, in particular, the house and, like, the... I can't remember what the bad things are. Phantoms? Are they just called phantoms in this? <laughs> sure. That, that is serving them. But it also felt like it was at a super accelerated pace. Yeah. And no root scene had any time to breathe. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I don't have it much higher. Anything you wanted to say on our blood earth? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, like most of the other things, it was like, yep, that sure was a chapter that existed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the little brother's trying to be fancy... Or uh, not trying to be fancy, trying to prove that he's, you know, useful to his older brother. It's like, okay, sure. What do you have at 15? I changed some man at 15. Okay. And like I said, it was just super disappointing. And I kind of felt like, hey, here are these cool, interesting characters and they're all dead. But, <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, I have our blood oath at 15. Okay. I pretty much agree with you. I liked some of the fight scenes in it Yeah, more than I have previously. But it very much felt like, and yeah, yep, that's another chapter. Yeah, and the art has never been lacking in our Blood Oath, I feel like. I feel like it's just kind of, like, there. Like, not a whole lot has stuck out as, like, whoa, that was really cool, but neither does it feel sometimes like Chainsaw Man's fight scenes where it's like, I can't even follow what's going on. I feel like this is the first thing that cool things were drawn, though. Not that the art's ever been bad. but Yeah, that's true. The images were way better this time. What do you have at 14? I have Phantom Seer at 14. Okay. I just kind of liked the, I've got the Mordecai's Invisible Mansion that leads to an alternate dimension where yeah. my house is. Like, I like that. I like that idea, like I said, but like the pacing of the chapter was just all over the place. And yeah. Like, I would have loved an entire chapter devoted to that. I think it could have held up. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it went, you know, what, two spots higher? So. Yeah. I have Maguchan at 14. Okay. What do you have at number 13? I have Mordecai at 13. I... The joke that the stag beetle disdains clothes, like, got old extremely fast. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Shoko didn't do anything this chapter. And I feel like, like, her being the straight man would have made this much better. But all she does is, like, just spend the entire time slack-jawed. Like, I can't believe that guy's naked. Which is already kind of a reaction to Mori King. Yeah. Especially because he shows up in the sumo diaper mm -hmm. and she's like you're naked too i have black clover at 13 fair they're doing a training sure mm -hmm. and th this guy being like no i hate all of you and you all suck and you're all useless and you should have been good the first time i get what they're trying to set up but boy is it just make that character unlikable and makes the whole thing feel like no it's so, so obvious and overplayed right yeah it's my number 12 for a lot of the same reasons you know especially the uh fuck you i hate you guys as he leaves yeah. like Really? That's where I have Mori King, actually. Okay. <laughs> and then with Black Clover, also the, uh, you're going to have to fight your inner demons. Literally. <laughs> sure. I'm, of course. I mean, that's that's what would happen in a shonen anime. Yes. But part of, part of me is like, 
with him going like, you're weak, you can't handle anything, now fight this demon and win. How the fuck am I supposed to do that if I'm weak and can't do anything? We say this all the time, but writing and drawing a shonen manga of any sort is extremely hard. And yes. to have the success of Black Clover takes a lot of talent. I do like to imagine the writer just has a like one of those how-to uh, write shonen manga books that he just consults every chapter. No, and I'm just, I'm like, obviously, I think it's just that bit of dialogue. Uh, and it's like you said, that character that is extremely unlikable. Like, I totally understand that you have to beat your inner demon and then you can get his power for your own. Like, cool. That's an interesting story concept. It's just the fact of, you know, this would be like All Might telling Midoriya, you know, like, you suck. Now, go do this thing. That, <laughs> and that can work, but yeah, it doesn't hear. Like, again... We already know that this is this character's personality, so him just coming and negging all of the Black Bulls? Yep. Just, I, I mean, it seems like it's to try to put them down a level because they've succeeded le- recently and they're the ragtag group of misfits, but mm-hmm. yeah, it just I, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, what did you have at 12? Mori King. Like oh, that's right, sorry. What did you have at 11? So I had Demon Slayer at 11. Like I said, the chapter just felt kind of like, a, okay, that was a cool chapter of demon slayer it just it kind of like especially because that was the first one shot that i read Mm. it's like this just kind of came out of nowhere for and now thinking on it like oh yeah the flame hashira movie's coming out so maybe this is like promotional thing for that that makes a bit more sense but i didn't think that when i read the chapter so it kind of just came out of left field of like would you like a demon slayer flashback i'm not Uh, gonna say no yeah i was like again i'm i'm not gonna say no but this was weird can I have Nezuko kick someone in it, please? Yes. That's what I want more of in my life, is Nezuko kicking people. I have Mission Yuzakura family at 11. Okay. I thought the reveal of the secret being the thing we already know as the audience was super disappointing. Yeah, a little bit. I just like the shenanigans, but or not the, the emotional moments between Tayo and Mitsumi a lot, so. I really like... When we see her chest, and like not in a perverse way, I really like that scar she has yeah. on her chest. I really like the way that's drawn. But then when the brother shows up, that's also just like, the, when you said the shenanigans, I know that's not what you meant, but that's what I thought. Yeah. And that also did nothing for me. Yeah, I was not trying to mention that, although I did laugh at the, well, there's no fighting allowed at the end, so let's have a pillow fight. And it became an epic pillow fight kind of thing. I was like, yeah, no, that sounds like something with you. But I more meant the Tayo Mitsumi like yeah. bonding moment of... Well, we're supposed to be husband and wife. What do you want to do? Well, let's go talk to your dad. You want to go see him? And yeah. I haven't said, hey, I'm your son now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not like, oh, this is a terrible direction, but mm-hmm. it seemed like it would be a reveal. And it's like, my dad that we saw last time is around. Yeah, but I mean, we still get the reveal that Mitsumi got attacked and yeah. almost had her heart stolen. Like, that's a big deal. So we still have, it's not like it's a reveal to Tayo and we still get a reveal, even though it's not a big, hey, my dad's still around. It's just something I think Mission Yuzakura family really struggles with, like I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. with the whole what happened to Tayo's parents thing Yeah, at the same time. Which, there's still a little bit of that mystery in like, hey, my dad's still alive for, you know, 10 years or however long it's been. Why hasn't he contacted us? Like, yeah. there's got to be some kind of reason. But that was already on the table. Yes, I know that was already on the table. I just meant it's a little bit more fleshing out, and I don't mind seeing Tayo get told that to get his reaction. Like, 
because it's not like it takes long in the telling. So it's not like the entire chapter was that. It was, you know, like the first half of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And then it's his reaction to it. So I don't mind that as opposed to just kind of glossing over. Oh, yeah. And she told him about her dad. <laughs> what do you have in number 10? I have Undead and Unluck at number 10. This is... It's got, it's got some color pages. Looks <laughs> like it's around here to stay. Or they're really desperate to keep it. Yeah. I, it's still It's still fine. Like, you put it higher than me. Not by much. Not by much, but I'm still intrigued about... I actually liked with the color pages where they were like, this person's untouchable, this person's unconfidential, and like, we don't know who they are, like what their powers is. I also think a lot of the character designs look really good in color, which is something that isn't always true. Yeah, so I thought some of the stuff was cool in this, and... I liked the, ha, we're trying to stop you, and it's like, no, we're just taking Apocalypse. You can't do anything with Apocalypse, right? I have Chainsaw Man at 10. Okay. Like, we've already had it out on that. Not that I super liked it. I just didn't say this up front, so I'll say it now. Was pretty disappointed in this week's Shonen Jump. Really? I thought some of the stuff at the top was good. So did I. And we'll get there, but... I guess if you're basing it off of the weeks where we have almost everything be amazing, as opposed to, like, I liked the top eight chapters. Like, if I really liked eight chapters in Shonen Jump, I think it's a good week. Yes, but I didn't think the one-shots were super good, and if you notice, I haven't gotten to where I ranked those yet. That's fair. What did you have at number nine? At Hardboard Cop and Dolphin at number nine. Like I said, the Chaco bit really elevated it for me. I just like that moment. I have Undead and Luck at nine. Okay. Yeah, what do you have at eight? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 8. I really liked this. I really liked the kind of explanation of, I think it's Mahito, is the girl, whoever the girl is, how she didn't understand that there had been the swap. So the real one manages to get a hit in because she's like, hi, I don't have to defend any of your attacks. You're a fake. Like, I already figured that out. And so I liked that turn. And then we get into a flashback to be like, is she going to die? Is she going to be fine? Because even he's like, I did only just barely touch you. Was that enough? I have Dr. Stone at eight. Okay. Again, we talked about it. Just the pace I found very odd. What do you have at number seven? Dr. Stone. Okay. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at seven. Okay. For basically the same reasons you said. I really like that sort of bit in the fight. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number six? I have The Promised Neverland at number six. Same. I, yeah. <laughs> I really resonated with the Ray thing, so... It was nice to see Ray again. I didn't think this was a bad chapter. Mm-hmm. If it was in the Promised Neverland, I probably would have rated it pretty high. But yep. since we're out of it, eh. What do you have at five? I miss you as a career at five. I was like, I kept staring at it and just kept not making sense. Yeah, so I have mission you as a career at five. Like I said, I liked the Tayo Mitsumi kind of like bonding moment of, well, hey, what do you want to do? Well, let's go see your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked that moment. And then I also laughed at the, well... We're not allowed to fight here, so we're going to pillow fight. And it turned into this epic pillow fight that, like, involved half the town, it said. I just thought that was funny. I have Demon Slayer at five. Like I said at the time, I think it was a solid one-shot. It's a complete story. It explores some interesting themes. Mm -hmm. It also feels out of place, but Mm -hmm. it's not what I would want from revisiting Demon Slayer, because that's not a character I was really familiar with. I didn't read that arc, but it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. What do you have at number four? Ayakashi Triangle at number four. Same. I wonder if our top four are going to be identical. Because this is where, the, like, my top four Maybe. are good. Yeah. We might have some weird flips. We might. Uh, but. So what do you have at number three, then? So I have Mashal at number three. Same. Okay. 
Really liked it. Really funny. Very close to putting it number two, actually. Yeah. Mashal was really good this week. What do you have at number two? I have We Never Learned at number two. Okay. No. Yeah, we do have a flip thing. Yep. Because I have My Hero at number two. Like I said, just the pacing of it seemed weird. I almost put it, it below Mashal, mm-hmm. except for, like I said, the art was straight fire this week in My Hero Academia. Yeah. And that um, was, like I said, I really like the panel of, like you said, Super Saiyan 2 Deku. Literally, like, I love the the picture of he's literally punching one of those tendrils and it's like disintegrating around his fist. Like that's how hard he's punching it as he's flying at him. And I just really liked that. Whereas I preferred the sort of like weird confession at the end of, we never learn. Yes. Which is why it went number one for me. It's not the way any actual romance starts or any relationship starts, but it is the way you want one to start in fiction. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, that's the idea of, that isn't where their romance starts. That's just where they True. put a label on it. True. Like, they had been dating for a very long time, just kind of without realizing it at that point. But no, it was kind of the the top three were all really good this I, week. I even think the top four was were really good. Although, yeah. at no point did I think Ayakashi Triangle gives above any of the Nash. others. Yeah. yeah. So, that's fair. Like, like, that's what I was trying to say, was I still really liked Ayakashi Triangle, but it was just kind of like, hey, here's this new character. Sweet. Unfortunately, you're kind of lacking the punch of the other three chapters, so you're great, but not amazing. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say on any of Shannon Jump this week, Kevin? Nope. All right. Then we will talk about Flame of Rekka, Volume 10, after the break. read flame of Rekka volume 10 this week what do you think of it kevin i liked some aspects of it i really disliked that they just kind of ignore the tournament like entirely in this see i actually really like that it felt like a real breath of fresh air since this tournament has felt so stale to me it has but at the same time just the part of me going like you know domon you're next like if you win the fight then they just you win you have two wins to a draw. So even if Domon loses, he could just walk up and be like, I forfeit, and then you're good. I'd... I thought I thought they only had one. I thought it was a tie. They needed to win all three. Maybe I'm wrong. Because Rekka won. Rekka won. But that wasn't that declared a tie? No, the first one was. Okay. Because the kid won, but then that, that was, was declared, declared a tie. tie because they stepped in to pick him up uh-huh. uh, when he fell over. Then Rekka won. Like they even had a they even had like a panel explaining it of like yeah. so the first one was a tie the second gotcha. one was a win then Fuka won and then there's only one match one more match left so you win two to two to one to one except for then Fuka is like no I'm gonna fight and that's apparently legal and she does lose so it's again the tournament rules being inconsistent and making no sense yes so like I said I liked the like you said the breath of fresh air of we're just kind of. All right, we're going to ignore the tournament that we were just basically using as a stage to get these characters to fight and just focus on the fights and the characters, which was good. But there was that part of me that was like, stop, like, why, why, why does nobody care? Yeah, 
I like I said though, the fight outside is interesting. The guy's power is kind of interesting, even if it's a bit inconsistent. Yeah, and the sort of setup they have to beat him at the end of this volume is interesting. This yep. is the first like tournament match that's had anything of interest to me. Yes. Also with this character, the Fuko fight we've kind of completely glossed over because it does happen at the start of this. I thought that one was pretty meh. It's very on the nose with all the, I respect you as a fighter, even though you're a woman. And it's like, yep. okay, no one said you didn't. Yep. We're going to make this a laser cage match. I, those lasers seem to only be like six feet high, maybe. They, they could easily leave. Fuku's real good at jumps. Yeah. I was like, I've literally seen her jump three times that height. Like, maybe if you had actually made it a cage, like maybe if they came down from the ceiling, that would have made more sense. And then with the guy being like, I told you I respect you as a woman, <laughs> when he slams the his spider arms. His Dr. Octopus yes, arms. His Dr. Octopus arms into the thing, which breaks five of them. Like, I respect you as a woman. Now I am also injured. Okay. Okay. Like, sure. I was just making fun of Black Clover for just being like, read what to do in a shonen manga. But Flame of Wreck seems even more so. Yep. Because this really doesn't have the emotional weight to the moments. It, it's missing something at its core, which yeah. I think is why I liked the fight out the fights outside of the tournament because Fuko kind of exploring the weird dimension and Rekka being semi disabled and having to save Yanagi outside. Yep, sort of resonate much better. And yeah. even Domon in the arena thinking like, "Oh man, I'm dominating this," and not realizing that shenanigans are going on. Yeah, it's a three pronged story, each prong of which is interesting. Yes. Although I was extremely confused by, so they've been giving the stat charts yes, for some of the characters. Domo just doesn't seem to make any sense. No, because his intelligence breaks the bound of the chart. His power also breaks the bound of the chart to a greater degree than his intelligence does. And I'm like, yes, that, that makes sense. He's the big strong one. But like, if anything, his mental fortitude yeah. should have been off the charts, the not his is, intelligence. And then his mental uh, fortitude and his potential are both at zero. Yep. When we've seen him like win a mental fortitude battle. And in this chapter, the mom repeats her line about him have, maybe having the most potential. Yes. And also the fact that it's like his intelligence, he's literally too stupid to realize he's not fighting the main dude. Like, again, his mental fortitude stat should have been through the roof. That would have made plenty of sense. I wonder if it's a translation error or something. Maybe. weird. Because that seems so obviously incorrect, right? Yeah. Actually, that would make a ton more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe it's his... Because I could easily see intelligence and mental fortitude. Like, if one's called mind and the other one's called, I don't know, something else. Yeah. In the original Japanese. Yeah. So I could easily see those two being switched on accident. Again, like you said, though, his potential being zero is weird. Uh-huh. Fuko seemed weird to me as well. Not as, like, clearly incorrect. Yeah. Just like, no, oh, that's weird. It's weird that they put this stat thing out because it doesn't seem quite accurate to me. But oh well. And then I saw, got the Domones, and I was like, this seems that... wrong in every way except yes. power. Yeah, his power is through the roof. Okay, yes. His intelligence is also through the roof. No. He's not smart. And that's been proven again and again and again. Like, he's not a smart dude. Just, that's what he is. That's part of his archetype, even. Yeah. It's also very convenient for Fuka that when she gets sucked into a black hole, she just ends up at her house. Yes. I do like that it's not a coincidence, but the reason for it is also dumb. And her jumping back into the black hole, also dumb. Yeah, that makes, it... that makes even less sense than 
her going to her house because it's like, oh, the white hole opened up again. Okay, wouldn't it be a black hole in this end? And why would it open up again? And why wouldn't the black hole be open? I'm so confused. And why did the bad guy tell Rekka, oh, yes, she's still alive, don't worry, when he's an asshole and has well, no. every reason to want to demoralize them? That's It was the spider guy who told Rekka oh, that. Oh, you're right, it is. Yeah, I was like, that's the, I respect her as a woman. <laughs> Man. So that one made sense to me. But, yeah, th- that was just very confusing. I liked the bit with the like the puppet girls just been staying at Fuko's house apparently, and yes. Fu- she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm so lonely. And then Fuko shows up, she's like, yay! And then Fuko leaves again, she's like, I hate you. That's pretty good. Yes, I like that the weird alliance between all the people who have been sucked into the black hole dimension. Apparently, only Fuko escaped. Question mark. Well, no, she hasn't left yet. Well, she went back in, but there are the two other people that are still in there. Yeah, but they seem like they're stuck there. Well, yeah. Because it seems like, like he mentioned, he, like he gated her as opposed to them. He literally just sucked into the dimension as punishment versus he was just teleporting her away. But why would you not just suck her? Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. But they at least somewhat explained it as like, that's another thing that would have been a reason for him to explain. No, I just teleported her somewhere else to get Rekka to, oh no, I need to go save Fuko and like disrupt the team as opposed to no she's lost forever and you're fucked yeah like then you know suddenly she's a martyr and they're angry to go beat him but if it's like oh she's alive somewhere i need to go find her and i do like the plan that everyone in the black hole that mentioned comes up with to go beat him up yep like that's an interesting use of power it's very similar to the way kakashi and toby's power works although 10 20 years earlier yes that's all pretty interesting to me like I said, I thought this was a breath of fresh air flame of Rekka really needed. Mm-hmm. Also, there was that really weird bit in the middle where we see the other fight, and there's that other guy yep. who's got the Raijin power he doesn't use. Raiha, that's his name. Yep. And it's like, now we're going to watch this. Does it matter? No. no. <laughs> and he's like, I forfeit. It's okay. Like, we don't know how strong you are, so this doesn't put the bad guys over. Yep. Well, and it's also like... Some of the other members of Team Kurei were like, he could have killed, you know, murdered us all. Well, hey, Kurei's on your team, so, like, unless you were just excluding him, because, like, of course they couldn't do that to him. That makes sense. But, oh, yeah, I'm just here to help you succeed. Okay. So why didn't you just forfeit immediately? Like, I get that you were kind of showing off a little bit, but it still seems weird. Yeah. I think that sums up Flame of Rekia pretty well. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Choices were made. Do I understand them? Not really. Some of them I liked. Yeah. Like I said, I actually think this is kind of what Flame of Rekka needed. Mm-hmm. Despite still having Flame of Rekka problems of inconsistency and in, an impossibility not to compare to Yu Yu Hakusho. Yep. Anything else you want to say on it? We didn't go very long, but that's kind of standard for us with Flame of Rekka. Yeah. It's a lot of fight, so oh. a lot of the chapters go quick. Fuko's new Pokemon power is kind of interesting. As like a development for a way she can go as a fighter. And the design on it is cute. Yes. I didn't understand at all what they were talking about with gems and... Because I thought that she was like, it's missing the gem. I know. I literally went... Other ge- I was like, it's missing the gem. I, and you guys found that? Did I... I was like, did I misremember that? I guess I must have. They're like, now we need to find it more than ever. Okay. I need to collect all the Pokemon to become the Pokemon master, I guess. Yeah. And then she'll have the best wind blasts. That's how Pokemon works, right? Yes. 
you're trying to defeat Gary Oak so you can have the best wind powers. <laughs> I mean, she's already got a Mew, so, like, you yeah, know, she's doing good. good for herself. Not the best Pokemon, but it's a, better than any other starter you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Not really. That just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top is Mr. Uzumaki Naruto, our favorite ninja. Mm -hmm. At the bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And in the middle, we have Tomura Shigaraki and Buggy the Clown from My Hero Academia and One Piece, respectively. From Flame of Rekka, we have... The highest character is Fuko Kurosawa, who we have at number 23. She did get a fight this episode, but I don't know that I want to move her. No, because she got a fight, but like we had a little bit of the backstory where it's that kind of thing of like, I was bullied as a child. This physical pain can is nothing compared to that emotional pain of back then. Like That's I, very shonen of you, but again, you seem to have misapplied it. Yeah. Because I do not care. No. And you are my favorite character in this series. Yep. At number 43, we have the title character, Rekka Hanabishi. Don't think he moves. Nope. Karu Kanagi is at number 50. He's the big bad. Rekka's mom is at number 53. Domon at number 58. Probably doesn't. He probably doesn't move. Nope. Karu Kanagi is not the big bad. Who's Karu Kanagi? He, he's the kid. Yeah. That's why I got it right. Kure, the big bad, is at 59. Ayanagi is at 60. Don't think she moves. And Tokia is at number 72. He's got a water sword. I, I was thinking about this last time when we struggled to put a character on. I wanted to add Gonko to it, but I did not know her name and was not sure if she was ever going to show up again. Mm -hmm. So since she did this week, I kind of vote we put her on the list unless you have someone else. Is she the the flute lady? No, she is the person who has a mannequin. She's the little kid. Oh, the mannequin power. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I like her more than Tokia. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, like I said, especially that bit where she's like, oh, I'm so bored. Fuko, yay! Oh, look, it's that white hole. And she leaves again and she's like, I hate you! I like her more than Yanagi as well. Yes. She does things. I think I like her more than Kure. Yes. Honestly, I like her more than Domon. Fair. Domon's been weird. I'm waiting for him to do something cool. Yes. I feel like I'm with that with most of the characters in Flame of Rekka, to be honest. Fair. That that is a like that was how we were with Rekka. We were like, oh man, this is gonna be great. It does get great, right? <laughs> like it does. This this went on for a long time. It'd like be great if it got great. <laughs> I think she's better than Rekka's mom as well. Yep. The exposition machine, yes. I would put her above Kauru as well, honestly. Fair. I don't think she's as good as Rekka though. No. Let's see, who's in there? We, she's not as good as Buggy the Clown. Nope. She's not as good as Red from Pokemon. Nope. She's probably not as good as Chisei from Ancient Magic Sprite. Nope. So that puts her right at the new number 50 above Kaoru Kanagi and below Chisei. Okay. Alrighty, and that'll do it for this week. Next week, we will be returning to something we haven't read in quite a long time, mm -hmm. over a year. We will be reading Volume 2 of All You Need Is Kill. And finish up that manga that Tom Cruise made a movie about. Yes. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emeritt. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out my other two podcasts, It's a Gundam and Last Time on Video Games, where we are three-fifths of the way through, or sorry, four-fifths of the way through Gundam Sea Destiny. 
and get into the part that I actually enjoy. It's brief, but it's there. And last time on video games, where we just did an episode on Metal Gear Solid 2, which is very anime. Mm -hmm. You can also check out our Discord there if you want to request some manga for us to read next year. I think this year's pretty much closed out for what we're going to read. But if you want to make requests or have anything you want to suggest to us, you can do it there. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Nope. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Gotta stop, don't you know, subliminal.